If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today at Horse Chats, I'm delighted to introduce again Christine Thompson, who's already come on to talk about musculoskeletal health. Today, we're going to talk about 10 tips to improve horses' musculoskeletal health. And I'm delighted to have her here because we started this podcast as education. And now we've got some professionals coming on who are very generous with their time and giving some free advice to horse owners and horse lovers. How are you today, Christine? Yeah, really well, thank you. Um, Another beautiful winter day. Yes, it is. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Christine, it's great to have you here. Now, tell us why you've chosen, you know, you've come in as an equine professional and people can find more about you if they go to horsechats.com and search for Christine, search for Thompson or search for Christine Thompson. But tell me why you've chosen the actual subject, 10 tips to improve your horse's musculoskeletal health today. Um, well, obviously, as a yeah, an equine body worker, musculoskeletal health is really important to me, um, and I really want to help people keep their horses healthy in the long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should be able to still be riding our horses well into their their twenties. So, for me, as a, a therapist, anything I can do to help people achieve their goals with their horses, whether you know they want to trail ride spend time, you know, working in the arena, schooling their horse, go out competing, at, you know, dressage or whether they, you know, want to go all the way up to an elite level of riding. Um, for all of those, the horse's musculoskeletal health is, is really important and that's really the foundation for any riding. If your horse is healthy in its body, mm, mm. then you're going to have a fantastic riding partner. Oh, especially when you're in a sport where the movement of the horse matters. You know, the movement of the horse in the arena or the ability to get over a fence or, you know, the movement of the horse and the horse to feel fit and well. I mean, we want to feel fit and well when we ride. So we know that if the horse feels fit and well, they're going to do a far better job. Absolutely. Now, the first tip you've got is look at the horse as a whole. Yeah, and it it is really important to look at the whole, although we tend to split the horse down into individual sections. Um, everything in the horse is connected. And often um, you know, what, what an owner thinks is a problem in the front end of the horse could actually be caused by something that's going on in the hind end of the horse and, and vice versa. Um, or even it might be something that they haven't even considered. And part of my job is to look at the whole horse and piece together the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. So there's lots of things within that that you need to consider. So Mm -hmm. there is the horse's confirmation and posture. So confirmation is the, the skeletal makeup of your horse while posture is related to how the horse organises itself, how it stands, how it moves. So posture can change, but confirmation can't. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, there are lots of things which are thought to be conformational faults, but they're actually postural, and that means that you can change them to a certain extent with correct conditioning and exercise programs like, you know, the horse being cow-hocked or standing a little bit toe-in, standing close behind, things like that. They can, to a certain extent, be changed. Um, things like, you know, your horse's teeth. Um, so unlike humans, horse's teeth continually grow, and they get worn down through the horse eating. So sometimes this wear isn't even and then you can get sharp edges and things on the teeth. They cause painful sores on the insides of the cheeks. And it's amazing how much of a difference that actually makes to how the horse moves and holds itself. So, you know, getting regular dentals is really important. Um, the horse's feet, again, you know, they're really important to, to what's going on with the body because... Mm. The, what's going on with the body can change the wear patterns in the feet and what's going on with the feet can change how a horse is moving and feeling in its body. So I spend a lot of time working with owners and farriers to work on improving both the, the hooves and the body together. So okay. yeah, there's, there's quite a few things to consider within that. Um, mm. And you know, I spend a lot of time working with lots of other professionals and and say they're all pieces of the jigsaw puzzle and they all make a really important contribution to the horse as a whole. And good that professionals can work together too, you know, work together and say, well, this is my specialty area and ask advice from other professionals if that's not within their specialty area. Yeah, absolutely. And, mm. you know, we, we all know a little bit of everything, but there are people that are experts in their field and yep. so... That's who we should go to if we've got a question. And yeah, I spend a lot of time asking questions of other therapists yep. um, and you know, saddle fitters, dentists, barriers. There's a whole network of sure. people that need to work together. Okay. All right. Now, the second one you've got is to ride on different surfaces. You know, we've got hard surfaces, soft surfaces. So here you're saying, you know, about riding on different surfaces for the different structures. So can you talk a bit about riding on different surfaces? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, me, much like probably everybody else, yep. um, you know, dreams of having a beautiful arena with a wonderful surface to ride on. But if we only ever ride on the same surface, it's not necessarily doing our horse any favours. So riding on different types of surface can help to strengthen different structures of the horse. So, for example, the, the softer surfaces such as sand require more muscular efforts from the horse mm -hmm. and a greater range of motion of the joints than working on firm surfaces. So working on softer surfaces um, increases muscle development and helps to strengthen other soft tissue structures like tendons and ligaments, whereas working on the firmer surfaces um, increases bone density, um, so it adds strength to the, the skeleton and to the appendicular skeleton in, in particular, so you know, the, the limbs um, yep. of the horse. And also riding on you know, slightly uneven and undulating ground increases the horse's proprioceptive skills, so his awareness of how he places his feet and how he can accommodate to, to those changes. Yep. Uh, yep. Obviously, that's particularly important for horses who do work on those different types of surfaces, so you know, horses that are eventing or, or doing endurance. But it is beneficial to all horses. Um, and, you know, obviously, you've got to take care when you're working with horses on those types of surfaces because 
there is an increased risk of tripping if you're on a slightly uneven surface. And, you know, if you're working on an area that you don't know, it's probably best to take a, a walk around on your horse before you start doing any fast work so that you know if there's any um, you know, muddy patches or mm-hmm. holes or, you know, things that you want to avoid. But, yeah, I highly recommend working on a, a range of surfaces if you can. And, you know, a lot of therapists will recommend just working on, you know, those different surfaces. So even just walking your horse over, you know, some gravel and then grass and then on sand, walking through some water, it all helps your horse. Um, you know, it's working different, um, say, working on different structures of the horse, so bony structures or soft tissue structures mm-hmm. and, yeah, it just, just helps the horse say understand okay. what it's doing, where it's placing them. Okay. Now, the third one we've got is prevention's better than cure. Yeah. So, you know, horses are masters at disguising pain or discomfort. And so, often by the time we notice that something's wrong, they've actually been masking it for quite some time and adapting their movement and posture to do this. Mm-hmm. So, it means that as a therapist and as a rider or an owner, we have to then undo all of those adaptations, which will compromise the musculoskeletal health in the long term. In exactly the same way as us, horses don't actually worry about how they're going to feel in 10 years' time. They're concerned about how they feel right now. So if something's sore, they move differently to protect that sore area. And we do the same, yeah, exactly the same. We see people slouching in front of the TV or slouching at their desk or standing, you know, resting a, a leg um, if they're standing there for a little while. Um, and eventually, you know, if we have, say, one leg that's a bit sore, we use the other leg a little bit more. And then eventually that other leg will start to hurt or even our back or our neck may start to hurt because we've been using our body differently. So... You know, we all know not to slouch and stand up tall, you know, probably with the exception when we're riding and have a coach telling us to sit up straight. We don't actually do that a lot of yes. the time. Yep. The same as our horse. So making sure they're working correctly is really important. Mm-hmm. And a good therapist will be able to pick up on issues while they're still very minor. And by picking them up at a really early age, we can actually prevent them from becoming more serious. So... How frequently your horse needs to be seen does depend on a number of factors, including what type and what level of work the horse is doing, how frequently it's working or competing, whether it has any existing or recent injuries or performance concerns. But probably for the average horse, every four to six weeks is sufficient. But yeah, any therapist will be able to advise you on, on what is best for your horse. But you know, my recommendation, I guess, is that you know, prevention is better than cure and trying to have your horse on a regular cycle of seeing a therapist is much better than waiting until a problem is obvious and your horse is showing signs of pain and then we have to work to undo all of those things to get back to where the horse should be. Yep, yep. All right. Now, the next one we're going on to, number four, you've got there's no such thing as a quick fix. Yeah, absolutely. In today's world, we all want quick fixes, you know, immediate solutions. They're they're highly sought after. However, for most horses, the best thing you can do to help them is 
give them time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that isn't what some owners want to hear. We all have competition schedules that we're trying to meet, um, you know, all of these goals that we want to achieve. However, it is important to think of the long-term health of the horse. And, you know, while we may be able to band-aid a problem to help the horse to compete in the short term, we want to ensure that that horse is able to compete and continue to be ridden for you know, the long term. And I'm very lucky that my clients all understand this and they all have the best interests of their horses at heart, as does you know, every horse owner. And the last thing we want to do as therapists is tell an owner that we don't think their horse should compete at a certain event or that they should you know, stop riding for a little while or you know, reduce their, their riding level for a period of time. But it's our goal and it's my goal as a therapist to ensure that you know, horses have a very long career. So the long-term fix does require a combination of body work, correct riding techniques and exercises. So it is really important to take that time to develop the horse's strength and ability in whatever that chosen discipline is. Um, so, yeah. Well, while I'd love to say, yes, I can come and fix your horse and you'll be right to go sometimes, um, it, it, it is going to take a bit of time. Mm, a certain amount of tact you've got to have, and I suppose that's personal responsibility to be able to say, look, your, your horse is just not going to be right for this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, the majority of people, you know, well, it's very disappointing. And, you know, I've been there myself with my own horses. You know, you've, you've worked for so long to, to achieve something and then to be told no that's probably not the best thing for your horse is obviously you know, disappointing but let's say you know most people do have you know they want to do the absolute best for their horse so mm. yeah all right the next one we've got number five is slow down yeah so this is probably a little bit different for some people um because um yeah, I know I myself have been told this and I'm sure most people have been told this at some point um you know Go more forward, more forward, more forward. Yes. <laughs> but from a biomechanics and corrective exercise point of view, speed can actually be detrimental to the horse. So firstly, by slowing down, you get a much better idea of whether your horse is straight and how it's using its body. So I like to talk to my clients about you know, if they're riding a bike, when they're going fast on the bike, it's actually quite easy to stay straight without too much effort. But when you start to slow down, you have to make lots of little corrections to stay straight and it becomes much harder to ride without that bike starting to wobble. Mm -hmm. And that's because the more momentum you have, the less effort it requires to go in a straight line. And horses are exactly the same. So by slowing the horse down, it really shows up whether your horse is straight, how it's coordinating its back and its legs, or whether it's just using momentum to give the illusion of straightness. Okay. Yeah, and slowing down also allows the horse to just coordinate its back and limbs a little bit more so it's using itself correctly. It gives riders more time to be able to make those corrections so that it is straight. Um, And that's really important because the more repetitions of an exercise at a slower speed, the more likely it is then that that exercise can still be performed correctly at a faster speed as the horse has developed the strength and the, the coordination that it needs. Um, and from a functional movement perspective, so from a, from a therapist's point of view, performing exercises less frequently and at slower speeds, but making sure they're done correctly is far more beneficial than doing them hundreds of times 
and fast, but it you know, but doing them incorrectly. So it's a little bit like you know, with a personal trainer, they make sure that your technique is absolutely right every time you do an exercise. Yep. So doing them slower but correctly is really important. Okay. Okay. All right. The next one that a lot of horses are going to love is groom your horse. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you know, grooming has lots of benefits to your horse. So I'm not going to discuss all of them, but from a, a body worker perspective, the main benefits are that it helps to improve blood flow to the skin. It massages the, the superficial muscle. You get to know your horse, and that's really important. So is the horse sensitive in any areas? So, you know, if I come and see your horse and touch it in an area and it's really sensitive, well, is it usually sensitive in that area or is that actually sore and that's a, a recent thing? Um, are there any odd lumps or bumps that, you know, have suddenly appeared that haven't been there before? Is there any heat or swelling? Those things are, are really important as as an owner to, to just get to know your horse's body so that you know what is normal for your horse's body. And spending some time before and after riding grooming your horse, or, you know, say it has lots of benefits, and not to mention you'll have a super shiny pony as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a good one. And you did talk about horses, you know, that, that are sensitive. What about horses who are always sensitive to grooming? Is that a pain problem or is that just them? Oh, look, it, it could be either or, um, and that really comes down to, to that individual horse. What I've actually found with a lot of horses is they seem sensitive when you first look at them, and so people groom them a bit more lightly. They actually yep. prefer a much harder pressure, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's just getting, say, getting to know that horse, and say it could be one or the other. Some horses are just very sensitive, um, but if your horse is sensitive all over, and it's looking at the again, looking at the horse as a whole, um, you know, how is it reacting? Is it really disliking you touching it there, or is it just going, oh, that tickles? So yeah, to so say if, if you're not sure, obviously it's always best to either get a vet or a therapist out to to have a look. And you know, they can help you to determine whether your horse is just more sensitive than others or if it is actually related to pain. Okay. All right. The next one we've got, number seven, is listen to your horse. And I know that this listen to your horse and the horse communication, it's not just about the musculoskeletal health. It's right through. You know, it's, it's again, I suppose, looking at the horse as a whole. If you're riding your horse, you listen, and it's all about that communication. But would you like to talk about it? in this particular subject about the 10 tips to improve your horse's musculoskeletal health is listening to your horse. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like you meant, you've already mentioned riding and, and that is part of it. So, you know, as I've already spoken about, horses are masters at disguising when they're in pain, but they do give these subtle signals that we sometimes miss, especially in the early stages. So we pick up on the more obvious signs, such as, you know, if they start bucking or they start refusing jumps or, you know, they start biting us or trying to kick us. But Mm. yeah, there are lots of signs that are far more subtle than that. Um, They could just be put down to your horse having a bad day, like we all do, but they could also be an indicator that your horse is uncomfortable, particularly if they occur more than once. So when you're riding, does your horse start to pick up one canter lead more than the other? Does it either speed up or slow down one rein more than the other? Do they move back slightly if you ask them to do a certain exercise? Do they start to push their tail a little bit? Have they started just getting a bit 
clumsy when they're jumping and you know, they've started knocking rails? Have they started to be a, a little bit trickier than usual to catch in the, the paddock or started to get a bit fidgety when you're tacking them up? Um, yeah, there's, there's lots of quite subtle signs. And even as far as horses getting small wrinkles around their eyes or around their nostrils that mm-hmm. they don't usually have, there's signs of the horse being just a little bit uncomfortable or possibly in, in pain. Yes, it's all those subtle ones, isn't it? It's the subtle signals. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes they can be really subtle. And, you know, obviously as, as a owner and a, a rider of a horse, you, you know your horse. And you know, sometimes they, you've got a horse that's got a really good work, work ethic. They give 100% every time you ride. So you know, it is really important to catch those things, even as far as, you know, are they just standing a little bit differently when, when you're standing there grooming them? Um, because, you know, they might just adapt their posture slightly. So, yeah, there's there's lots of really subtle signs. And, again, it's all down to listening to your horse and knowing your horse. Yep, yep. All right, now number eight here, we've got don't be afraid to talk to your vet. Yeah, so first of all, I'm going to say, yeah, Facebook is wonderful, but <laughs> yes, um, I do see lots of posts from people who have got various issues with their horse, whether, you know, behavioural or musculoskeletal issues. And while there are some really knowledgeable people that contribute in these forums, it can be really hard to differentiate what's good advice, what's bad advice, and uh, what can be actually, in my opinion, dangerous. Yes. Um, so getting a, a musculoskeletal therapist, um, yeah, body worker, chiropractor, osteopath, physiotherapist can be a really good starting point for minor problems, but there are times when your body worker will request that you consult a vet either before they go and see your horse or they may make a recommendation that you get a vet out after they've assessed your horse. So it is really important to remember that that's not always because we think there's something seriously wrong going on with your horse. Um, and, yeah, I, like most people, probably dread calling vet out because you go, oh, my God, what are they going to say? Um, but at the end of the day, vets are the only people that can, you know, diagnose what is going on with your horse. They've got way more skills, diagnostic tools that they can use to assess your horse thoroughly, diagnose if there's an issue, and then design a treatment plan. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. we just actually need to rule out that there's not anything seriously wrong before we start treating a horse. So, yep. you know, for example, if a horse has come up really severely lame, that you know, there's all sorts of things that could be going on. You know, the horse may have actually fractured something. And if we were to treat that horse, we could actually make that worse by enabling the horse to put more weight on that limb. Um, and, you know, so as a, as a body worker, I would always recommend, you know, just speak to your vet. They may say, yep, all good. Get somebody out to see your horse. And that's great. But they may want to do more diagnostics and, you know, body workers are very good at narrowing down where a problem is and as I said before you know we work very closely with you know with vets to help to figure out what's going on with the horse and what the best course of action is um but you know none of us have got x-ray eyes so yep. yes and talk, I was, talk to your vet yeah and I was going to say you know that's where therapists and vets would work together you know you talked about different therapists and working with vets and farriers and everything else and this is a particular instance where you would work with your vet yeah absolutely yeah. and you know that's really important that as I said before you know it's a whole network of people that are 
trying to achieve the best outcome for your horse. Um, so it's really important to have that open communication and to, to not be, you know, worried about talking to somebody or getting somebody else's advice. Okay. All right. Now, the next one, number nine, is your horse's mental health has a big impact on the health of their body. Yeah, absolutely. So just like us, stress or mental tension can be felt in, in the body. So ensuring your horse's psychological well-being is just as important as looking after their physical well-being. So things like giving your horse time out in the paddock, ensuring they have other horses either in the paddock with them or, or nearby, spending time with them doing other things rather than just riding can all have a positive impact on your horse's well-being. Now, obviously, there's there's no one-size-fits-all for what suits an individual horse. Um, so it is really important to treat horses as individuals. You know, it, it's well documented in people that emotional stress can manifest as muscular pain and tension. So yeah, often, if or, you know, if a person is suffering from chronic pain, they're prescribed things to help to reduce their stress, such as uh, meditating, exercise, things like that. Now, you know, clearly, we can't get our horse to meditate, um, but we can eliminate um, you know, sources of stress uh, for them. Massage actually can really help with that too. You know, it can be very relaxing for horses, and some of the reactions that I see in horses particularly after a couple of sessions where they begin to trust me and associate me with the, that release of tension or, or pain can be quite amazing. Yeah, they almost look like they they completely have zoned out and as I'm massaging them, their whole body is, is rocking with me. So, yep. and so yeah, so yeah, just like us, yeah, it's amazing how big a, an impact that does have. And you can see it with, with horses. Um, yeah, if they've just moved somewhere new, then – Often I find a lot more issues with that horse, and as they as they then relax into their new environment, a lot of that muscular tension releases because you know their stress levels have reduced. Yep, yep. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. All right. Now, number 10, and probably a good one for everyone to think of, is look after yourself as much as the horse. Yeah. So it is probably a common theme among horse riders that we make sure we've met all of our horse needs and then think about our own. So, you know, we see those memes and things on Facebook with riders in full broadcast saying, Fine, I'll be right to ride on the weekend. Um, and yeah, the horse ones are with the horse wrapped in bubble wrap going, yeah, my horse has got a broom, call the vet, call mm-hmm. this, all that. Um, you know, we spend a huge amount of time formulating our horse's diet to ensure they're nutritionally balanced. And then we stop to take out for ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it is really important that riders take care of their own bodies as well as, as well as because any tension or asymmetries in the rider can have an impact on the horse. So, for example, if you're sitting crooked in the saddle, that can cause pressure points. The horse will change how they're moving to counteract. We then see those issues in the horse. And quite often, um, I can actually, you know, relate ongoing issues that are, you know, they're reoccurring in the horse. And when you look at the rider, you go, well, this is why, so... 
you actually need to go and see a therapist yourself, get your body realigned, you know, straighten yourself up, and then we probably see less of this reoccurring in the horse. Likewise, you know, any tension in our in our arms, you know, our hands become stiff, um, any motion in the movement in our lower back all changes the way our horse moves. So yeah, I guess my recommendation there is next time you book your horse in for a massage, um, make sure you made yourself an appointment too. So, you know, get yourself on that same, same routine yep. as your horse. <laughs> yes, yeah, probably a good one, yep. All right, Christine, that's great what you've talked about, uh, those 10 tips. Would you be able to just go through and just for people that may have missed a tip, just go through and talk about the 10 just as a list, just to sum up? Is that okay? Yeah, sure. So the number one was looking at the horse as a whole. So it's like really taking lots of different pieces of the puzzle and putting them all together. So number two, um, I make sure you're riding on a combination of soft surfaces, um, hard surfaces, some undulating surfaces. Number three, prevention is better than cure. So get your horse onto a, a regular routine with you know, your bodywork therapist. Um, number four, there's no such thing as a, a quick fix. Much as we would like a quick fix, um, time is really important. Number five is slow down. So that's a little bit different to a lot of... Uh, things that people have been told, but it really does show how straight or how crooked your horse is. Number six, spend some time grooming your horse, get to know your horse's body. Number seven, listen to your horse. They give lots of subtle signals that we can pick up on before these problems become too major. Number eight, don't be afraid to talk to your vet. So, you know, everyone that is here to help you and you know, we can all work together to achieve the best outcomes for your horse. Number nine, your horse's mental health has a big impact on the body, so ensuring that we reduce their, their stress levels as, as much as possible. And number ten, look after yourself as much as your horse. Okay, very good. Christine, if someone would like to talk to you a little bit more about this or any body work at all, what's the best way to contact you? So there's a number of ways. Um, I do have a page, so Equine Muscle Matters. Uh, email is info at equinemusclematters.com.au or they can give me a call on 0404-952-036. Brilliant. And also those details will be on Horse Chat. So it'll be Horse Chat. You can go and search for Christine Thompson or it'll be on horsechats.com slash Christine Thompson 2. And they'll be on Christine Thompson, Christine Thompson too, either one of those. All right. Thanks very much for talking to us today, Christine. And hopefully we'll catch up with you again sometime soon, talking a little bit more about the horse's muscles. No problem. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 